Demons Discuss TV Show Review, Season 1, Episode 1. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie. And with me is Angela and Jean. Hi, guys. Hi, listeners. Hi, Valerie. Hi, listeners. How are you? Hi, Valerie and Angela. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Jean. <laughs> Hi, Jean. Hey. <laughs> so what are we talking about, Jean? We were talking about the first episode of A Discovery of Witches, which will have premiered in the U.S. when you're listening to this. Yay! Yeah. It's been bottled up for so long. A good portion of the All Souls universe have now seen A Discovery of Witches first episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you saw it. If not, spoiler alert. Okay. Anyway, we are diving into this whole new world. For the next eight episodes, audience, we're going to just put the books down, pick up our remotes and dive into the TV show. Or I mean, watch it if you're watching on your laptop. You know what I mean. Uh, we'll be airing these weekly. And after it's all done, we are going to revisit our TV episode from way back when, take five, and see how the television show matched up to what we put out in the universe over two years ago. And audience, at the very end of each one of these episodes, we're going to do a book TV comparison, Mm -hmm. how it differed, what we liked, our critiques on the interpretations. But for those of you who haven't read the books and you're listening to us the first time, if you don't want things to be spoiled for you, we will warn you prior to diving into our comparison. After the TV episodes have been reviewed, we'll go back to our fortnightly schedule, reviewing book chapters, doing character analysis, bonus episodes here and there. That's it. You guys good with that plan? Love it. Excellent plan. Yes. All right. So let's get our sponsorship out of the way. This podcast is brought to you by your fellow listeners. They help us pay for our operating expenses, which includes recording equipment, software subscriptions, cloud storage, postage for giveaways, little incidentals here and there. And that's how they help us. How does becoming a patron help our listeners, Jean? It helps our listeners in so many ways because you get the after show, which means you get your demon dose weekly instead of fortnightly. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's double mint gum. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Double your double the fun. <laughs> and yes, we give good swag. Swag! Such good swag <laughs> that Deb's even willing to be seen in public with it. Oh my God. That's, that's crazy. I know. I know. But anyways, anyway. so if you want to get your hands on some good swag, become a patron. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. And that's it. For these TV episodes, we're going to pick a patron from all tier levels to sponsor it. So this episode is brought to you by Sarah Markham. Thank you, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Yay. Okay, so let's start the demon wagon and cover this very first episode of the TV show, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so we watch the scene open and we hear the music composed by Rob Lane and a voiceover by Matthew Good. (sighs) We meet Matthew Claremont. He's standing on a bridge looking down at a woman rowing, Diana Bishop. Tell me your thoughts when you watch this as a longtime reader of the books. I mean, because that's the only perspective we can have. We don't Uh-oh. know anything else. So. Okay. Well, obviously his voice. But, ah. but then to start with a quote from Philippe. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was, oh, that was. As my father always perfect. said, oh. 
iPad. (laughs) That was the moment everybody just utterly gasped. That's when there there was injuries at All Souls Con. That's when that happened. (laughs) Right then. We're watching the scene and here comes this dark figure and you hear this deep voiceover and the music. I mean, it totally took over your senses, this opening scene. Yeah, I mean, the coat, the wind, the bridge, the... I mean... The heartbeat is so good. I mean, if you had smell-o-vision, you know, you'd smell uh, clove yes, and clove cinnamon. Yes, cinnamon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. So, whew, so good. And the, the voiceover, I love that voiceover so much because it just, right there, you know, Philippe is the anchor for this whole world. Yes. But, as my father used to say, in every ending, there is... Still the access. And Uh, right there, his voice articulated everything Matthew Claremont is when we first met him. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. We over that? Okay. We're back. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next... And then we get Fred. Well, yeah. And the next scene, Diana's headed back to her rooms and she greets Fred. Yeah. Like you said. Hi, Hi Fred. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you've been a discusser for any length of time, you would realize that... Fred's Fred supposed is, to be hot. Fred is near and dear to our heart. Yep. Only because he was our... Running joke. Uh, <laughs> ra- the r- running joke, random hot guy. Mm-hmm. We'll cast him as Fred. Yep. I mean... And Fred was not hot. Well, I'm sure Fred was hot at one time. <laughs> the formerly hot Fred. Formerly hot Fred. Don't do right? Fred like that. You know, I felt bad that other episode. <laughs> Fred is matured. Yes. Mature Fred. Okay. So, um... Distinguished just, Fred. Distinguished yeah. Fred. Yes. <laughs> All right. The, he, the guy is just a porter now. Okay. <laughs> yes. Fred the porter. Okay, so she's headed back for rooms from rowing. And once in her room, we can tell she's transient. I mean, there's boxes everywhere. She's mm-hmm. scrambling in between mm-hmm. taking a bite of toast and fixing her hair and finding some papers. And this is where we see her find a picture of her parents among her papers. And mm-hmm. like I said, I only have the perspective of being a book reader and then going to the TV show. I can't even imagine what someone coming fresh to the TV show alone would think of all these images. Right. I, well, I th- if you go into it blind, you're just like, okay, She's a, she's a college student and she's missing missing her family. Right, right, right. So I you, mean, you would assume she was a college student. You think if you were coming into it blind or a graduate student, because at her rooms, you looked at them and you're like, this is it's like a fancy English version of a dorm room, really. Yes, it was. It's like dorm room deluxe. Hodgepodge, yeah, it was like hodgepodge of furniture, and she just had. But it wasn't like youthful or too youthful. No, no, no. So I mean, I was just saying as a non book reader, I didn't wouldn't get the sense that, like she's a college student. Like, hey, I'm here as a, a, a freshman or an undergrad. Like, like as a, yeah. more as like a graduate student. Yes. Or, student. Or, right. so, yeah. A visiting scholar. Yes. Like, here, we'll, we're sticking you in the glorified dorm room. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, it, it kind of also, in, in a really subconscious way, signals to the viewer that she hasn't come into her own. She hasn't really grown up. She's still, like you said, transient mm-hmm. and trying to find her way and her place and her home in the world. And then yeah. when the song comes up. Oh, yeah. I mean. I mean, it's it all just comes so clear right there. And also to me, I thought it was very realistic, just the whole, like you said, the piles of stuff and the disarray. But just right now, just picturing that scene reminded me of how Diana described her mother. Always hurried, always trying to, you know, mm-hmm. just throw stuff together. 
mm-hmm. very much fixing her hair. Yes, exactly. It also kind of reminded me of my office lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's something. We see her riding her bicycle through the streets of Oxford after she's done with her room. She gets on her bike. Can I just say, I didn't pick up on this the first time we watched this, but watching this again with the intent to review, the scene of her riding her bicycle reminded me of Elvira Gulch. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That, uh, it reminded me that right yes. away. Yeah. Even with the long jacket. That's Dorothy's nemesis in Kansas mm-hmm. in the Wizard of Oz. Same type of mm-hmm. bicycle, big basket, and I wonder if this was on purpose. Like a nod? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a nod. I think it was a nod. She's the ultimate witch. Yes. <laughs> Cinematic witch. And what she wouldn't have Toto in her basket, but what, what would this witch have? Papers. Papers. <laughs> yeah. Papers, yes. <laughs> unruly papers. Yes, yes. Like unruly Toto papers. was unruly. Yep. So, yes, Elvira Gulch later presents herself in Dorothy's Dream as the Wicked Witch of the West. So, that's that reference. And I invite you to look well, at pictures. And, and if you think about it, mm-hmm. think about this. I mean, Diana's witchiness is kind of her bad dream. This is true. Yeah. It catches her up so, in all of that. Yeah. And plus, uh, coming to the show blind, it would give the kind of give the viewer, the new viewer, a subtle visual clue that she's a witch. Or unless you've never seen the kind Wizard of, of Oz. Kind of the, the original Wizard of Oz. Right. Well, and not just wicked. You know. You know. <laughs> I don't, kids these days. Come right. on. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's possible. It is possible. For those of you who have never seen The Wizard of Oz, I suggest you watch it. I'll put yes. a picture in the show well, notes for you. Even kids have who have watched it, they haven't watched it like we did growing up. Where it was like every no. Thanksgiving we'd watch it. Or I mean, my yes. kids have seen it, but 10 years from now, if Easter. they're watching a TV show with a nod to it, would they get it? Maybe not. Maybe not. They'll remember. Yeah. I mean, the black because and white. Because you haven't watched it 15 times. Right. Well, the bl- and how many people pay attention to the black and white portion? Yeah. I did. Well, we did, but. I like Toto. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so she's chaining her bike up. The bike tips over, and so do her papers. They start to fly, and she freaks. And then we observe her hands illuminate, and the papers gather themselves up in a neat little pile. What'd you guys think? I thought that was quick, right off the bat, that they were demonstrating that for the viewer. Yes. I mean, she is no doubt a witch. And I like the little nod where she's looking around all freaked out, like, who saw? Who saw? Yes, yes. They're jumping into the meat of the story right away and yeah. just establishing yes. things. And So for the viewer, I would think they'd, they'd get a really strong hint that she's a witch. I mean, if as if we didn't get a clue for Matthew's voiceover or the title of the show or, you know. Right, right, yeah. No. Well, no, no. Well, the, the thing is, it's like, okay, this isn't just the girl. This is the titular witch. Yes. Mm-hmm. She is the witch of the title. Right. But there's something unnerving, obviously, that, oh, this wasn't intentional. Yeah. She didn't mean it this this magic or whatever is leaking right out of her so Mm -hmm. and we get to that really quick Okay, so the next scene is a lecture, and Diana's being introduced by who we can only assume, but is a senior faculty member, mm-hmm. and we can see Deb in a cameo. Yay! Yay! <laughs> no sound effects needed. We're just no, happy. <laughs> no. And at the end of what the viewer assumes is a successful lecture, the faculty member comes up to her and offers her a job. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, hey, you want a job? Cool. Well, let, well, let me just introduce interject here that a lot of, uh, not a lot, but several academics have commented on watching the show and how 
things are so realistic down to mm-hmm. the, the Jillian part of it where she can't get a position and Diana or Diana can get a position that it's there's their angst is real. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. wow. So she tells Diana, hey, you want this job? We'll need you to get your shit together by October. And it involves, I guess, publishing a book or a paper. Yeah, get, get this get this speech or this uh, presentation published. And yeah. We'll talk. And then we'll talk. You got by to October. So yeah. put a pin in that October. And then this other person comes up to her. We find out she's Jillian. They seem to be old friends and they go out for tea and they talk about Diana having some magic go berserk. And Diana tell or Jillian tells Diana she doesn't have a job on the faculty. They talk about Diana's parents and her magic. But it's another layer pulled back. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's more than one witch in this scenario. Yeah, this is another witch, and I wonder if that happens to her. Her hands lighting up and right. putting papers together, right? <laughs> so Jillian suggests talking to a lady named Sylvia, and Jillian just seems like a skittish person to me. Yeah, a little insecure, nervous. Nelly. I got a bad yeah. vibe. I'm trying to think who she reminded me of. She wasn't God. Who was it in Harry Potter? That was the pushover, and I can't remember now. Oh, Professor Trelawney with the big fat. Trelawney? Yeah, Trelawney with the fat glasses. Maybe. That's maybe this. Somebody was feeding Voldemort information. I think it was Trelawney. Oh, but that's no, kind of who she reminds me of. The young girl, you mean? That was Ron's sister. No, not Ron's sister. Oh. <laughs> not Ginny. Don't uh, say bad things about Ginny. Don't ever talk bad about Ginny. <laughs> Okay, so Jillian is a little bit insecure, but mainly twitchy. And from watching this, we had a sense that they're friends. They're actual Mm -hmm. genuine friends. Yep. Catching up. Yep. Mm -hmm. Then we are in a church and we see that that guy that we saw in the beginning. And it's Matthew and he's got rosary beads. I have to say he should be kneeling. That's way too comfortable for a devout Catholic to be standing (laughs) doing the rosary. (laughs) Yeah. And I have no idea how how someone who hasn't read the books would take this scene, only because I don't have that perspective once again. But it's such a nod to the fact that Matthew is deeply religious. Yes. Yeah. And that and that these vampires aren't the vampires you've seen in the past. But I wouldn't think he's even a vampire yet. Yeah, that's true. He, he seems more like the... We don't know what kind of creature he is yet. He feels like a narrator at this point, but I have to also comment about this particular scene. It reminds me of other scenes in things that we made a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> other yes, scenes. Uh, I, oh, um, you're talking about the poster? The, it's well, not only that is, uh, and the, 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 and the, scene from, the scenes from right. uh, Spooks. Yeah. Yes. The scene, scenes from Spooks in the church. They, they, it had the same sort of flavor to yeah, it. Yeah, that's... With the, the windows and well, the light beams. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah, in, yeah. Uh, and the lighting, and it was just gorgeous. The Breath of Life video. Well, I don't remember what I even yeah. called it. It wasn't the Breath of Life video. Uh, I don't... Yeah, I think it is. I think it is the Breath of Life video. I just remember... I just remember the poster was red. That's yes. what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We flash over to the library and we find Diana requesting a book from who we can only assume is Sean. Yes. Since there was a casting change. Yeah. <laughs> Since the announcement. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we're assuming this guy is Sean since, you know, he's uh-huh. taking her order. <laughs> <laughs> And 
I love. And I just love. Go ahead. We love the same thing. I think. Oh, okay. So I love seeing the requests go through the tubes. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Okay. Th- see, and then her picking it up off the <laughs> twinsies, <laughs> and the, and the poor beleaguered girl down in the basement having her like trudge through and and match up the slips. And with she reminded me of Trelawney. So why did you like the tubes? I've never seen that before. Oh, we have tubes it, in our branches yet. That's how you play. That's how you used to place orders in stock market. You'd You'd sit at your desk and you'd walk over to the tube and it'd go to operations as well. Really? Yeah, and it's still I mean, in there. I've only seen the bank kind, like the plexiglass oh, bank yeah. kind. Yeah. Yeah. If we had a family owned department store in the town I grew up in and they, that's what they had because you sent down the, the receipt and the, to the cash office. They oh. didn't have cash registers in the departments. They had sales ladies and the sales ladies would use the tubes and the transactions would all go down to the cash office and they'd like send back up the change or send back up the credit card slip to charge slip to sign and the receipt and to come back up in the receipt we'd all come back up through the tube and the lady would give it to you yeah that's why i just loved it oh wow i'll have to look i last time i was in new york public library i know they had a system similar i'm not sure if it was tubes but i'll have to take a look next time i'm there see the last time i was in the new york public library i wasn't paying attention to to the little details like that right well this is only like (laughs) last year the year before when i'm now a sufficiently adult (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm much more aware these days. <laughs> right. So that lady down there, she reminded me of Trelawney. The, I can see that. The flaky witch with the glasses. But anyway, um, when she first looks for Ashmole 782, it's not there. And I thought that was an interesting way to do yes. that. I know. Yes. And then it kind of like slips into the show. Oh, I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And then, and then, I mean, I don't know if it's from a non-book reader or a book reader that I have that view that you, that you, Ashmole 782 is its own character. Yes. Oh, I had that when I read the book too. The yeah. Same thing. Same thing. So the next time we see Diana, she's seated. Sean delivers the book. Then skittish Jillian shows up and invites Diana to coffee. Wait, wait. So can I can I just back up to the person who's fetching the books that she just okay. now that now that she goes back and Ashmole seven eighty two is there. We know as a reader, humans just always dismiss things like, oh, well, I guess my eyes were playing tricks on me. Here well, it's it like is. Leaving leaving your keys somewhere and you yeah. just don't remember where yeah. you put it. Yeah. Or like having to call your cell phone because you know, that happens. Right. right. <laughs> Right, but humans yeah. just missing stuff. They're, they're right. very good at it. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Sean delivers the books. Then Jillian shows up and invites Diana to coffee. So finally, when Diana's alone, we're then confronted by this book, which sets off all sorts of events when she opens it. Matthew's in the church and he's feeling something. Jillian's freaking out a little. Miriam. Miriam. And she's calling yes. and she's like, dude, our blood is freaking the fuck out. What the hell Wait. is happening over here? Did you hear the book, Sai? I did. Yes. 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 Yeah. That was important to me. Oh, that oh, was you really had to hear the sign. No, I didn't have to. I was I was so happy that I heard it. Oh, that, that it was yes. in there. Yeah. But it was important to me too. Yes. And I think what they did with the book was how they depicted what was in the book in the story, how they did it visually just worked so well. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And I liked how they did the whole everybody sense the spell resetting. Oh yeah. With with the heartbeat and and Matthew like freaking out and Miriam and Jillian. It's- 
it. It's and- very easy to grasp. Whereas I know we just talked yeah. in one of our very early episodes that I didn't know what was going on. What is she looking at? What's happening? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then Diana, true to form, she's ignoring all of this shift oh, yeah. and carries on because she's got to look at this book, damn it. I mean- oh, it's like, <laughs> and she's like being so ridiculous because, my God, the lights are flickering and all yeah. kinds of, yeah. all manner of what the fuck is going on. It makes me think on. how and many times like, does that happen around her, but though? did anyone react? I'm like, no one's like freaking out. No humans are even saying anything. Everyone's just no, doing this just, stuff. Well, they all kind of like look around like, well, what? Yeah, but they're huh? all working in the dark. It was almost I mean, like, <laughs> like no one cares. Maybe it's a brownout, you know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> when Matthew's cutting across the courtyard mm-hmm. or the quad or whatever you want to call it, then you realize it's like, man, this guy's a vampire because he's hearing bits and pieces of everybody's conversations yes. and whatnot. And yeah. somebody's like, well, maybe a generator went out or da da da. You know, they were yeah, looking for all the human true. explanations that's for true. it. true. Okay. So she's not interested in this craziness or it doesn't seem like it because yeah. she's got a paper to write because, you know, yeah. she's got to get she a, job, a job and right. that's our Diana. <laughs> So she's noting head in the sand. Yeah. And so she's really looking at this book. She's noting the palimpsest, the missing pages. And then finally she touches a book and then more craziness starts happening. Oh, yeah. Words are crawling up her hand and they're moving around (laughs) the page. And then she's wigging out. So she slams her hand in a book to make it stop and it burns her. And I love that. I thought that that was was so good. That was just the perfect way to depict that. Yeah. So she looks at her hand and she's like, dude, fuck this shit. I'm out. I gotta go. <laughs> she's she's, sl- <laughs> she's got to like, go. Oh, that man. book abuse. There was so much damn book abuse in that scene. I'm I sure know. there were she, probably that, that scholars was a- everywhere just losing their minds. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the manuscript people out there were losing their minds. They said manuscript foul. Hashtag manuscript foul. <laughs> I mean, she slammed that book shut. She returns the book and she's getting out of Dodge. <laughs> it's it's like the hounds of hell are nipping at her heels. She's yeah, going out of there so fast. I, I want no parts of this. Just fuck this shit. I'm out. And it just reminds me of that. Fuck this shit. I'm out. Uh. <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes so you guys can see. <laughs> Uh, she passes this dude on her way out and he like looks at her and he turns around and, and looks at him. him. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of look at each other and then she turns around and she's like, dad. And then she goes back to look and he's gone. Well, I was going to say, I think at the con, all of us at the same time went, Steven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh man. That was a huge reaction. I, mean, I, shot I love that, that we all did that at the same time at the con because as a book person, that's not something that happens. And but we all know who is cast as Steven, so we're like, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think even the diehard book tracker type viewers loved it. Yes, I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't think I heard a single complaint from anyone about that popping up when it did. And I'm glad it didn't happen in the book. And I'm glad it happened in the movie and in, in the TV. Yeah, it worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. So then Jillian finds her in the courtyard, starts questioning her, and Matthew is listening. Lurking, hearing things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Stalking. Stalking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now we're going into the next scene. The next scene would be a little bit perplexing to book readers because it didn't appear in the books, but we see two young men walking down the street. They're joking. 
One's offering a night out at a place that plays 90s R&B exclusively. And the other comments that he needs sleep and then accuses him. You never need sleep. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. The first I don't think guy, it's that, who is? I don't think it's that unusual, though. I didn't need sleep when I was in my, appeared to be in my 20s. <laughs> yes. No. So, the first guy shrugs it off. They say goodbye. And then, bam, friend two is hit by a car. Yes. I mean, just boom. <laughs> that was shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Very. Damn. So the scene is bloody. God, it hurt. Yeah. I know. Dude doesn't look so good. He he looks bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say before we can we back up from the bat a little bit. I, I, I need to say that the friend that didn't get hit by a car, uh-huh. his hair was fabulous. Yes. Yes. He's got good hair. I, was like, I know I'm listening. I'm hearing Warren Zevon in my head as I'm looking at this going and his hair was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we know the dude looking over his friend is Marcus, and we know he's a vampire. And everybody's going to know he's a vampire in a second. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to fix his friend right quick. I don't know. Did he attempt CPR first before he went for the bite? He flipped him over and saw that he was bleeding out. Yeah, yeah, she was internal injury. He was already dying. So uh, he bit him right quick, you know, and then slit his wrist and started feeding him blood. And it looked like his friend, his bud, was going to come back for a second. But then he was like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm not viable. Yeah. Right. It was a good amount of confusion, though, like in a good way. Like, oh, yeah. he's yeah. coming back. Oh, no, he's not. What's going on? But not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. It was all good. And Marcus was so, he was so puzzled by the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. We all were. We all were yes. like, yeah. What is going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so from there, we're taken to a lab. Who we know is Miriam. is walking in. She finds a Matthew there, and he's been there all night, and he explains what he saw to mm-hmm. Miriam. He's been doing his research. He's got a picture of Diana on the computer. He's like, she's got the book. Ashmole 782. And then Miriam's like, okay, sure, Matthew. What? <laughs> it's like, dude, that book's been missing for forever. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I no. have to say this here, too, is that there's been some criticism that no labs look like that. And you know what? I'm fine. I don't want it to look like that. I don't want them to be wearing... He's a vampire. Protective... He's a vampire <laughs> with unlimited wealth. He can make his lab look however exactly and what did deb say at the con like no one wants to see that yeah (laughs) it's matthew claremont come on it's fancy and and his tim and his cabernet at his workstation it was like so fucking perfect he's just chilling he's drinking yeah i mean if you're gonna be there all night might as well be make it a nice place right yeah (laughs) yeah I'm sure no lab has an Abusan rug, but hey. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I loved when he looked at Miriam and he says, what if it wasn't missing? What if it was waiting? Yes. 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 Oh, that was so perfect. So good. So perfect. All right. So we flash Smooth. back over to Diana and she's been sleeping and she's all in bed and then she's wrapped in a, a web all of a sudden being mm-hmm. uh-huh. attacked by arachnids. And then we find out it's a dream. I was really freaking out. <laughs> And we're all wondering why we don't have the cure on the soundtrack right here. I know. Yeah. The Spider-Man's having me for dinner tonight. Yes, exactly. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, 
I guess. Well, I mean, reading the books, I, I, the, it was seaweed. So she's still yeah. trapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's uh, still trapped in a web. I like the, how it alludes to weavers. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't want to, I was, didn't want to be too spoilery, but I was going to say, it reminded me of the Bishop house rolling out the, the yarn and the knitting needles. Yeah. Yeah. So, because spiders are weavers. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So here's the part where she calls home to her aunt, Sarah. And Sarah, we see she's in bed with another woman who we know to be Emily. That conversation happens where she's like, oh my God, Sarah, I'm in trouble. There was this book. There were things. And Sarah's like, didn't I always tell you, you know, you have to understand it and you can't put it back in the library because she told her, it's like, no, I put that book back and I left the library. And Sarah's like, that was apparently the wrong thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) And I I saw dad and then Sarah's chewing her out in the yard. And I love this scene. Did you see the look that passed on Emily's face when she said you saw dad? Yeah. Yes. 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 That was, uh, yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very. I just loved it when Diana hung up on her. And Sarah oh, looked. That, and she holds up the phone like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. How dare she? Oh, my God. That's my Sarah. <laughs> I know. Well, and, be, and before that, when Diana said something to the effect of like, well, what do you think it was? Well, we'll never know now. <laughs> Will we? <laughs> that would have been something I said. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Me oh three. <laughs> Well, Emily did say your dad and she's like deep thinking and Sarah's oblivious to this. Yes. She's just she's just pissed, you know, because yeah. Diana's being our Diana. Yeah. You know. yes. <laughs> All right. So now we're in a police station. Marcus is being questioned. Matthew is, we assume, sitting outside, but he's hearing everything from the outside. It's going on in the interrogation room. Mm-hmm. So, And if you didn't know, if you were just a viewer and just tuning into this, if you didn't know he was a vampire, now you do. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's, more he than hears, a, he's more than a religious guy with good hearing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he hears everything. So Marcus comes out after we assume Matthew came to pick him up after questioning. They get in the car. Oh, the dynamic is so awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So awesome. Matthew is driving and scolding him because, you know, he could have been seen. Marcus is like, well, I forgot if he said, oh, he asked if you had the consent. Yes. And consent is a thing. That's mm-hmm. a that's a big thing. Yes. Mark is like, well, I didn't have time for that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I, that that message just works on so many levels these days, too. And that Matthew just lost his mind about it's like, Christ, Marcus, what were you thinking? I know. Well, 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 we just got done looking at Times Convert and consent. I mean, it's not too different. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. So, yeah, Matthew yells at him. I mean, a big boom of a yell. And oh man, Matthew Good plays angry so well. He does. Oh my oh. gosh, Christ, Marcus! <laughs> uh, oh, I, I had thoughts. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I may, have, I may have backed it up a couple of times. Too. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. Right there. We did right it. There. I was like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't need the stocking. I, I just had to hear that. I was like, hello. Uh, come to mama. 
<laughs> okay, so they drive back to the lab, and Miriam, she doesn't look happy to see Marcus. She's like, hello, oh, Marcus. She mm-hmm. seemed kind of disappointed, like, oh, God, what are we doing now? I don't know that... To me, it didn't seem so much like, it's like I don't want this little punk in my lab. Yeah. Just like, she didn't even say, hello, Marcus. She's like, what is he doing here? And then she was like, Marcus. Yeah. He yeah. was like, hi, Miriam. And he was like, she was like, Marcus. Right. Mm. So he, he, was very <laughs> sheepish. he was very sheepish, though. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, so Matthew instructs her to take a cheek swab and do some blood work because uh, apparently Marcus is having problem making baby vampires. And that's probably what they're studying. Mm-hmm. We're guessing. I love their choices, how they shared the wealth of the story. That it, like, Yes. Not just Diana's point of view, that it's not just the narration. They've spread it out. So, yes, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting the whole story from different people. Yes. Not just Diana. So then we see them have a, a meeting in a wine bar, right? And at the conclusion of this meeting, they decide they need this book because it's got all mm-hmm. the answers. Matthew's going to talk to Dr. Bishop and take this damn book. That's yeah. the plan. That's what they're going with. <laughs> as usual, well, as the viewers are going to learn oh so quickly, Matthew and his plans. Matthew and his plans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They don't always go so well, his plans. Yes. But we won't spoil it for you. We'll let you see that on your own. Anyway, so he goes looking for her and oh, he finds her. And this is the notes and queries scene, guys. Mm -hmm. We got the notes and queries scene. Yes, we did. Oh Oh, my God. But I missed the chuckle. We didn't get a chuckle because he was still like angry, Matthew. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) He wasn't chuckling. He wasn't chuckling, chuckling but I didn't get angry out of his looks. Well, but I'm just saying we were like, Coming off of angry, frustrated Matthew with the scenes with Marcus. Yeah. 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 yeah no, Matthew true. in the library was full force veneer Matthew. Yeah. Yes. Like, had his mask on. He was ready. So in the end, um, this like this is when we know definitively he's a vampire because Diana says you're a vampire. <laughs> in case anybody hadn't figured out by now. That, to me, honestly, that line was a little bit clunky. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That was definitely telling rather than showing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's TV people. There's no excuse for that. Well, I mean, he's hanging around with Marcus, who just bit a dude. So we got that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yelling at him like he's his dad. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, one, one time I had a question about Matthew in the very early days. And Gene, you're like, well, sometimes Matthew needs an anvil to fall on his head. Sometimes TV viewers need an anvil to fall on their head. <laughs> so, yes, Matthew oh Cormont is a vampire. <laughs> and my words come back to haunt me. Yes. <laughs> and that would be the anvil on my head. Uh, so they have a little exchange and Matthew, he hands her a card and he says he enjoys, I don't remember the exact lines. Oh, you mean, oh, you mean the academic? Yeah, he had read her some of her work. Softcore. And, it was academic softcore porn. Yeah. <laughs> and I enjoy this and you have quite a... Talk about a pickup line. Yeah. And you have quite a a concept of the past or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway. You make the past come alive. There you go. Something like that. Paraphrase. Heavily paraphrase. (laughs) Something like that. But the point being is they lifted that whole bit of dialogue out of the book. Exactly out of the book. That we just totally butchered. I won't get into it because it's spoilery, but now that reminds me of just massive foreshadowing. I didn't think so in the the first read or the first time I saw it, but Uh she has a way of evoking the past. How would that be? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if we'll see that. <laughs> then, he, then he got a bit accusatory. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, you're showing. You're using your powers in public. It's like, oh, don't.
you don't have control over your powers, do you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and he's kind of poking at her. He's putting her on I the know, defense. She's like, I'm hardly likely to forget after that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? So she huffs away and she's like, fuck this shit, I'm out once again, right? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. she goes, sits at the table. And when she settles down the study, she goes to peek and he's gone. Woo! Yes. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. I, she was more trepidatious with him than gobsmacked, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the music that runs throughout this show is so haunting. It is. Mm-hmm. And so... A little bit ominous. I bought that soundtrack. Mm, mm, mm. It's good. It so well done. It's good. You so can sleep well to it. Which I'm, which I'm going to do. <laughs> which, is on, which is on your <laughs> to-do list for today. Yes. Okay. So now we are in what we assume Jillian's kitchen and she's sitting down at the table. She's stress drinking. She's freaking out what happened with what happened over the Bodleian the other day and she her place is pretty nice for a stagnant career by the way uh, I mean what is she doing yeah. for a living <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, how's she paying her rent? Is this another Sex in the City? What what's right, happening? Right, right, right. Maybe she maybe she should yeah. have rooms, make more of an appearance on campus to get uh, <laughs> to get that oh so coveted job she wants. I know what what kind of uh, side jobs is she running? <laughs> anyway, and she can afford wine too. So mm-hmm. anyway, she calls Sylvia and narks Diana out, but that's yeah. And the next scene is Brown's Cafe, you guys. <laughs> but it's not quite what we expected but we'll no, talk about but, that later mm-hmm. but we still got brown's cafe that's right and matthew is in stalkery mode yeah and so is diana so at the same time they're both stalking each other yes just in different ways right mm-hmm. yes yes and uh so diana is basically looking up all anything she can find on matthew claremont and here comes matthew right behind her like anything interesting yeah, that was so much fun. That was so much fun. Right. And then Matthew sits down and he's explaining. He's like, oh, the book and, you know, creatures want to get their hands on it. And you should be careful. And she's like, oh. is that a threat? He's like, no, that's a warning. And he's so yeah. matter of fact. Yes. He's like, uh, it's like, no, that's a warning. And again, fuck this shit. I'm out. Right, go. right. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of I gotta go. She, she's just running out wherever he shows up. She's running out. And then she goes back to the library. We find her overworking. The lights get turned out on her in the Bodleian. She decides she needs drinks. So she's like, oh, Sean, I need drinks. Right. (laughs) And they go out to drink. And then we find out more about Diana this way. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because she's telling Sean about her parents that they. Now we find out they're dead. They're dead. And he's like, oh, was it a car crash? Because, you know, he's assuming she's human. She's like, well, they were killed by a tribe of people because they were believed to be witches. And um, by the Russians. Ukraine, yeah. Russian Ukraine border. So that was interesting. I thought, and mm-hmm. but you could obviously made for TV because my reaction would be like, why would they think that? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's silly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then here's this other scene, and uh, we hadn't visited before we watched this episode. Um, we're in Finland, we're told. Mm-hmm. And all I got to say is Peter Knox is no damn joke. No. Yeah. He does not give a fuck. He knew this witch would destroy this dude, but he didn't care. Yeah. He didn't care. Test the waters, and he, that guy was a thermometer. Yeah. It was chum. It was like chum for a shark. Yes. Yeah. So this guy seemed like some kind of witch hunter. And here's where we meet Satu. She ain't your book, Satu, that's for sure. 
this one's got a burning ring of fire. Yeah. <laughs> she oh, tricks yeah. him. Oh my god! And this guy kind of just sinks into the ground. I, what did you guys think when you saw that? There was more than one element. In, that was elemental magic, and it was several elements combined. Mm-hmm. Right. I think Owen Peel, his face. Yes, he was is very expressive. Yes. 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 And for him to be surprised. Right. Like, he looked mm-hmm. a little scared yeah. to me. Yeah. He's like, hmm. But rather impressed still. <laughs> yes. But right off the bat, you know, Setu is not to be trifled with. No, no, oh, no, no. Not at all. No. I, so the fact that we could read his face was impressive considering the scene's not in the book. So it helps us out. Peter tells her there's been a disturbance and he's got a task for her. And then she's getting sworn into the congregation and Satu doesn't look like she gives a fuck about any kind of congregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, she she really didn't look like she cared. She's like, yeah, all right, I'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this Satu, to me, did not seem like she cared. Yeah. It's kind of like, of course, but whatever. But she was more of a mercenary Satu. Yeah. 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 And Knox was really malevolent right out of the box. Right. I guess we'll see with her because yeah. I feel her motivations lie elsewhere, spe- specifically for this. Show. Yeah, I think that I think the TV tattoo is going to be very different than the book tattoo because as even, we're seeing, <laughs> at, even at at this early juncture, it raised questions in my mind. I'll get to at the end. Mm. As a TV viewer, I would be trying to determine who are the bad guys or the good guys here, yeah. and I would, I would, and I wouldn't necessarily think Peter's bad. I wouldn't necessarily think Matthew's bad. Well, I probably would think they're both bad. <laughs> Put it that way. Right. Until someone yeah. th- until someone appears emerges to be the good people. It, it just seems like there's a whole bunch of people getting ready to victimize Diana. Yes, correct. Yes, and she doesn't know it yet. She's feeling something because of her spider dreams, you know, Mm -hmm. but mm -mm. okay, so Diana's back in the library. You guys are noticing a theme. Those of you who have not read the books, there's a theme Mm -hmm. here, but this time she's got to share a table with Matthew, and he's like, I thought you'd like some company. And just... And just like the books, she said she made the crack about the Southern exposure. Yes. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And then uh, Matthew's like, hey, yeah, check out all these creatures that are here watching you. And then, you know, Diana turns around and she sees skittish Jillian and Jillian's like, hi, Diana. She's like, oh, <laughs> shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, I can't get away from this chick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling, Diana. I know the feeling. I mean, he, so right there as a viewer, I would think, see, Di- Matthew is bad. Yeah, because the way, the way Jillian reacted. Yeah, right. And we know that Jillian and Diana are friends. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she hadn't narked her out at this point, but we didn't know yeah. if it was a bad nark out or what. Yeah, I just know she saw Matthew and she's like, "Oh shit!" Right. <laughs> Which is very good acting. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> After her fifth "fuck this shit," I'm out by now. <laughs> she's out. She, yeah. She's out. She's really out. <laughs> and then Jillian came out running after. Her. She's like, uh, she was asking questions about the vampire. They hate Everybody's us. Blah, blah, blah. We hate them. They hate us. And then Diana's like, eh, whatever. I'm not getting involved in your antiquated bullshit. And then Matthew is straight on the stalk here. He's following her. He's going up to her rooms. He's tearing shit down. Look, but he's putting everything back. That's nice. It was yeah, nice yes, of him. Yes. <laughs> he's looking for the book. He's looking for the book. He's looking for the book. This is not his first rodeo. No. No, no, he's been here before. <laughs> <laughs> 
And now we're at the part where Peter and Sat to go to visit Sylvia and Jillian. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter just walks in and Sylvia's like, oh, it's so nice to see you. And Peter doesn't even greet her. He just turns oh, around. She and, was kissing his ass. Right. Big time. And then he turns around and he said something. He's like, don't lurk out there. And so here comes Satu. And then she just throws herself on the couch and she's like looking bored, looking at Jillian like, all right. What <laughs> struck me about this whole scene was it was I, I kind of like shook my head. It's like, wait, this is a witch. Is, it, this is so freaking patriarchal. This is not what I expect. From this, witches? This can't be good. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, this is not a good thing. It's, this is too patriarchal for it to be witches. I don't like this. No. And then uh, after this, you know, Peter's like, well, tell me who your friend is. And Jillian's like, oh, it's my friend Diana Bishop. I mean, just gave her up like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh-huh. I guess she thought Peter, she, you know, Peter is good at this point to yes. her. Right. She doesn't She well, doesn't know any different. The look that passed across Owen Teal face at this point was yes, like the, it, the name that resonates with him yes but it's oh, yeah. it, but it's, it's it's brainwashing at its finest as far as Jillian when you're peppered and always told all the time if you if you ever see this if you ever see this if you ever see this say yes. something so you're, she was you're, do, you're she thought she was doing a good guy yes. you know she thought she was yeah. doing a good thing you yeah. know she does everything good and then she'll get a pat on the head because she's skittish she needs mm-hmm. that Okay, so guys, the boathouse scene. Oh, amazing. The Beautiful. boathouse scene. So she's putting uh, her rowing skull away, and she's rowing late at night. And here comes Matthew, just stalking out of the dark. And, just oh, popping up out of the dark. popping up out of the dark. And he's like... Where's the book? Because he's looked everywhere. He yeah. stalked her and he didn't believe that she put it back in the library. And then Diana confronts him back. She's like, what are you going to do? I don't know. Something like rip my head off or something like right. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? And then he's like, mm, that ain't my style, baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And so he starts, you know, they get into an argument and then he starts walking out and he notices her jacket on the ground. And this scene was amazing to me. I know. Amazing. Amazing. Because he picks it up, he smells it, and you can literally see his pupils get big. Yeah. It's so feral. I love it. And then he's shaking and he's telling her, just get away from me, but walk, don't run. And then don't look back. Don't look back. Of course, doesn't listen to him (laughs) because he is scary yet enticing at the same time. Yes. And I was Uh like, oh, my God. And I was really scared for her. But she walks past him and then she looks back and he's gone. And did you notice her little Mona Lisa smile? Right there. Yeah. Yep. She was smiling. I was just going to say, all the reasons you shouldn't want a vampire suitor (laughs) is is exactly why you want this vampire suitor. I know. know. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's end scene. Next week on Discovery Witches. Yeah. And then we're like, no, keep going, keep going. But oh, Oh, it was an excellent debut episode. Oh, my God. Yes. It's uh, to me, it, it just set up the whole world for somebody who wasn't familiar with it really well. And it's Establish the tone of the show that it's not your kids' vampires type thing. These are grownups. They have jobs. They have serious jobs. They have lives. Um, And for me, it was a great way to relook at the story. Mm -hmm. Because it's the same story. Yeah. And there's stuff for us to discover. We don't know everything. No. We don't know a lot. I mean, no, we we don't. We I don't think we had met Peter at this point. No. No. In the books. We don't know what we don't know. Exactly. Right. So that's it. And for those of you who don't want the book spoiled, 
spoilers or spoilers for the next episode. We'll talk to you next time. Jean, give them a demon kiss. Demon kiss for those who are leaving us now. Mwah. See you next week. <laughs> not a Bye, juicy. guys. Bye. <laughs> and for the rest of you, after this break, we'll go into the spoiler zone. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at demonsdiscuss or at demonsdomain. Join our Facebook group, Demonic Discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., text ADOW as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text ADOW to 444-999 or visit demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the form and spammer code, and that's it, you're a discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com, to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! Some of, I will have to say that some of Diana's dialogue was kind of Mary Sue. Specifically what? Specifically, what are you going to do? Rip my head off? Oh, that was kind of cool. <laughs> I was like, he could, though. She was like, and he says he could. He says he could. To me, it was kind of like the cowardly lion. Put him up. Put him up. Yeah. <laughs> And he was just so delicious because he was he was more arch and pointed and the broody, cold vampire. He was really getting that vibe just perfect. Yeah, he oh, nailed yeah. it. Nailed it. He nailed it. Yes, mm-hmm. he nailed it. And Matthew at this point needs to be that in yes. this first episode. Yes. And the thing is, Diana does need to be Mary Sue and kind of a pain I was in the say, ass in this episode. Yeah, she episode. nails that too. I mean, complaints are that she's Mary Sue. Praises are that she's Mary Sue. She is Mary Sue sometimes in the beginning. Yeah, that, that's how the character's supposed to be. I mean, she's yes. kind of annoying and ridiculous and unreasonable in her reactions to what's going on around her because she is so bound and determined to just freaking ignore it. And also obtuse and fearless and stubborn. And that all comes across right away. Yes. Yes. The way she does. stomps off and she's yeah. fucked this shit. I'm out. I gotta <laughs> right. go. She slams her yeah. book or she'll take slams her. Slams down. The, does the figurative slam down on the phone. Yep. <laughs> I mean, no one can get to her at this point. She's pretty unflinching. Not Sarah, not Emily, not Matthew, not Jillian. Nope. Not Jillian. Yeah. Not even Kind Spanish of unreasonable Jillian. in her position. Yeah, everybody's telling her what you're doing is not working. And she's like, fuck it. I'm committed. Right. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. I don't care. (laughs) I got to get that job. All right. So what differences stuck out to you, Jean? Steven showing up. Oh, yes, yeah. That was a sure. big one. I loved, I loved that Steven showed up. Um, the differences, I kind of like, I like the opening with Matthew up on that rooftop overlooking Oxford because yes. it made up for the fact that we didn't get any of his stalking and the fact that we didn't get the glam, especially that scene in the book where Deb describes him kind of lounging on, on the roof of the Bridge of Size. Bridge of Size, yeah. yeah. So it was a good get, opener. I mean, I think, yeah, the opener makes up for all that. 
that and I love the voiceover. I think the voiceover is almost more effective than like having a traditional opening theme. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I love how they totally turned Marcus's introduction on its head. I yeah. loved it. That's, it's so that totally veers different. completely from the book. Yes. And the whole thing of it is and it works so well. It's like the last thing I was noticing about all the differences was the fact that he was a brunette. You know, at that oh, point yeah. it's like that at all. Why the fuck do I even care what his hair color is? Because there's all this other delicious new stuff going on. I sure and, don't. And at, at this point in the show, in the TV show, we don't really know. Yes, in the books, we know there's vampire murders and bloodless corpses, but we don't know if that's just Marcus doing it or if it's more than one vampire doing it or we don't know where it's going. Yeah. Or is, is this an epidemic? Like yes. It right. was yeah, kind of, imp- yes. yeah, like it was implying. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I do have to say that as hair is its own character. Oh, God. <laughs> He's got that floppy hair thing going on and I just love it. Come on the show, Ed. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> How about the things they cut out? Either one of you. What oh, was anything first... that? Well, you said the bridge of size that kind of yeah. bothered you. Yeah, and the gla- and the, no glam. The glam it, where yeah yeah the, I, the spider webs in place of the glam just was not fair. Well, the spider webs was kind of in place of the seaweed. Well, yeah, yeah, true. And I mean, it just caught me as like a subliminal thing where she just feels trapped in something. So her subconscious feels trapped. Yeah, and I think they made that scene multi-purpose. You you still got the trapped from the book scene, but you also get the mm-hmm. the allusion to weavers, which worked really well for me. Yeah. What were you saying, Angela? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I thought of one, I, and one other thing. Okay. The way the depiction of Sat 2, they're kind of turning the whole thing on its ear, and I'm kind of wondering where it's going to go, only yeah. because the way they're playing her, it kind of changes the dynamic with her weaver secret. Yeah. Because she seems to be very out there with her powers, and I would think that the fact that she's manipulating more than one element at once like she did in the woods. Yeah. Right. It's kind of a dead giveaway. She's a weaver, but you know, viewers aren't going to know that. But as a deviation from the book, it, it makes me curious to see how they're going to handle her character going forward or if she's just going to end up being more of a traditional baddie or what. In the books, we didn't meet her until way late. Yeah, Here we get exactly. to see her early. So yeah. yep. I'm kind of wondering in the books, maybe she was like that all the time because, I mean, she had no problem flying, snatching down out of a garden. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it wasn't in, in view of somebody else. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't true. in view of, of Peter. No, but I think Peter already knew she was like that, though. Peter knew she was powerful, but I'm just, like I said, you yeah, know, you can be a powerful witch and not be a weaver. I don't think she was hiding anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no. that's my whole point. She didn't seem to be po- hiding anything, but in Book of Life, she certainly was hiding that she was a weaver. Yeah. she. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of an awkward... We'll see where it goes. I don't want to we'll see. I, I'm, and I'm only talking comparison to the book, Satu has seemed to take on what they described about Domenico in the book. She did, he was she was different, and she didn't care who knew it. Yeah. Yes. 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 We'll get to Domenico next week. <laughs> right. That's why I didn't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> next week we'll talk about Domenico, but not this week. Okay. So for me, how they handled the jacket versus how they handled it in the book was Miriam threw Diana's sweater. It's like your your sense all over it. That yeah. was all tied into the yoga scene. We couldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which I thought was a tidy little bundle, how they handled it. 
It was. Yes. And you didn't get the impact of how the scent affected him in the book. You got no. to see it on the TV show. And then you get to see yeah. Miriam throw that at her and she's like, ugh, take your sweater back. You know, right. your scent's all over it. You're trying to trap him. <laughs> That's how I took it the but, first time I read it. But here's the other thing. It ends up in her mailbox and he, she realizes he knows where she lives. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And she smiles. Which I thought was kind of cool and subtle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, but is that before or after the book that he's searching for? Hmm. In the book, it was early but when the, he went searching. show, when he returns her jacket, isn't that after he's already been in her place? That's next episode. Yes. He yeah, returns the jacket. The oh, I see. Yeah. Got it. Ne- got next episode. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And another thing, Jillian seeming actually like a friend and in the book, she didn't necessarily seem that way. No, she seemed like a meddler. Yeah. Acquaintance. Not even acquaintance. Like, Diana didn't want to let her in. I mean, she would never even yeah. entertain going to tea with her. Yeah. yeah. Never mind a Maybon salvation. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the rowing scene. We got a lot less rowing. We got the idea that she rows because it began with her rowing and it ended with her putting the boat away. Right. But yes. there was a whole bunch in between. But I mean, in the book, it seems like she was out rowing. She wanted to hit him over the head. Then he yeah. was stalking well, I her. Think, yeah. I kind of think that part of the hit him over the head part was that small smile at the end when he was telling her to walk yeah. away and yes. don't look back. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the rearranged over the head scene. Yeah. Yeah. But in the TV show, she jogs, she rows, and it's not explained like in the book that it's reasons to decrease her adrenaline. Yes, exactly. So I just thought she was physically fit. That's like what a college student would do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just running all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so jealous. Anyway. <laughs> right. And the last thing I want to bring up is the absence of Chris. Yes. Because I know we talked about it in Philly Busted. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I had to bleep myself out. <laughs> but uh, Chris, is he going to even be there? Or is that no. is that going to be Sean, played Sean by Sean? Is, I think Sean is the Chris substitute. Yeah. That would make it even worse. So. He didn't even know her parents you, were dead. And then he's going to be a BFF later? Or, gr- yeah. or is he going to grow into be a BFF? I don't know. That's he, I don't he's, know. he's only got a few episodes to do that. So he better hurry. Right. <laughs> right. Got a point. Got a point. Yeah. So our... Uh, uh, is it going to be some other scientist that we meet in the Book of Life season or what? I don't know. I, I don't I'm know. looking at it like I'm fine with it because so far what they've done and how they've adapted it, I've loved it. Yes, yes. me too. They've got a plan. It's clear they've got a plan. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be a great story. It's going to be a great ride and it's going to be its own creature. It's all good. It's all good, baby. Mm-hmm. It's all good. It's all excellent. All right. So are we ready? Can we say goodbye now? We're ready. We can. Yes, we can. All right. So bye, everybody. Bye. All the rest of you lurkers. Now give a demon kiss to these people, Jean. Mwah. Demon kisses. Yay. Yay. Bye. Talk to you next week. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane in the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes. 